And that's something that as your child grows older too, they're going to see that, you know what, mom really does take care of herself. Mom's not running around ragged and exhausted. She, you know, looks refreshed and she's energized and she's happy. And when mom is feeling those things, the whole family benefits. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Angela about her approach to how she helps moms become more refreshed, energized and happy in motherhood. Before this episode begins, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. And I also just want to talk about an event that we have going on for the whole month of November. This event is for mamas who are either currently trying to conceive, are pregnant, or are in the early postpartum stage and may have some trauma in their life that they're looking to release. We go through 30 ways and 30 days of how to heal your trauma. You'll get a workbook, you'll get put in a group of other mamas who are feeling similar emotions, and you'll listen to the daily mini episodes of the podcast that correspond to this unique experience. I hope that you know that you are not alone in this and that you deserve this time to heal. My hope is for you to become more aware of yourself and the strength that you have in motherhood. Allow yourself the time to look deeper and heal so that you can be more present and look at motherhood in a whole new way. If you want more information on this, please go to the Entering Motherhood website or feel free to reach out to me with any questions. And with that, let's get this episode started. Hello and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I'm so excited to have you here today and really just jump into this conversation. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you so much. I am also equally excited to be here. So my name is Angela, or I personally prefer to be called Ange, so feel free. I am a certified health and life coach, and I'm a mom. I have a beautiful daughter who's 10, and I'm also a registered dental hygienist. And yeah, I guess maybe something new and exciting is I've just also enrolled to become a holistic nutritionist to add... Uh, to the whole realm of everything that I have to offer. So that is kind of my start. That's where I'm at right now. That's who I am. Awesome. So what really drove you to get into this realm of health and life coaching? And where has your journey personally been? Uh, That's a good question. So COVID is what got me into all of this. So as a dental hygienist, our first lockdown, um, our office was closed for three months. And while we were home, I was home with my daughter. She was doing like the online schooling. And my personal journey with health has always been up and down. So it was always all or nothing. I'd go all in for about two weeks and then I would fall off the wagon for months and then decide to, you know, cut all the foods out and start exercising again. And it was this vicious like diet and exercise cycle. And so once COVID kind of hit and I was home and I actually had the time, I just made 
the commitment to myself that I was going to start to move my body every day. And from that one simple little habit change, and I actually had the time, I had zero excuses. I could no longer (laughs) say I didn't have the time or the energy for it. And just everything started to shift from making that decision to move my body every day. And it was also during that time that I was off. Typically, we don't watch like a lot of TV. We just kind of don't have time for that. Um, But every morning I would sit down and I would have a coffee and I would watch the show Love is Blind. Did you watch that? I think so. Is that the one where they're in like the single uh, rooms kind of and they can't see each other? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I did watch that. (laughs) It's a reality TV show. I'm not too sure I'm proud of this. But anyways, I was watching that show. Everybody was watching it at the time. And there was a girl on there, Kelly, and she was a health coach. And I was like, what is a health coach? And I literally just Googled it. And I just started looking into it more. And I was like, I could do that. I knew as a dental hygienist, it's so hard on your body. And, you know, I've been having issues with like my hands going numb and just like sore back, that kind of thing. And I just can't picture myself being a dental hygienist when I'm 60 years old or when I retire, just not being able to fully enjoy things because my body's so sore. So I knew I wanted to go back to school or do something, but I also didn't want to like fully not be working. So being able to take the course to become a certified health and life coach, I did that while I was working full time. And so that show is really what kind of got the ball rolling. And also just with that daily movement. So once, you know, you kind of start moving on a regular basis, then you start to eat better. And then everything just kind of starts to fall into place once you get those habits. So that was really where my journey was and where it has taken me to where I am now. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like the things that kind of we're drawn to and what really sparks our our path going forward. Like here you are just watching this reality TV show and the idea of I can be a health coach just was able to pop into your mind. So it's like those mundane things that you don't really think are are doing much of a difference or like really changing your life and they could have such a huge impact on your projection of of life moving forward. I think that's what we're meant to kind of like be exposed to and drawn to and you know those little tiny sparks in a way of hey that seems like something I want to be able to do. So I think that's really awesome that that's how your your story really started and generated. Yeah, I same thing. It was very unexpected. And it was also, I mean, it was scary too, because here I was unemployed for the first time ever. And then like, I come to my husband and I'm like, hey, so I want to go back to school. You know what I mean? Like, couldn't have been a worse time. But luckily, um, just like where we're at, he was just like, it's never a good time. So if this is what you want to do, he was really supportive, which is awesome. And then yeah, everything has just been like taking off from there, which has been really fun. And then so 
mostly entering motherhood is the whole postpartum period, uh, us like stepping into motherhood and things like that. So looking back into when your daughter was born, what things have you been learning now that you really feel could have been so useful and so helpful uh, going through that postpartum journey? Oh my gosh, so many things, so many things. Um, One of the things that really stands out for me, and I guess it would be more from like a mental health standpoint and a people-pleasing standpoint. So something um, as a coach that I really help people work through is the people-pleasing tendencies. And I can remember when she was born, we literally had nonstop guests for six weeks straight, almost like every day somebody was at our house. And although it's like wonderful and like you want to share your baby and, you know, it's supposed to be really exciting. I was absolutely exhausted, but I didn't know how to say no to these people. And, you know, because they meant well and they're bringing gifts and things like that. So. Um, that is one piece of advice I love to share with new moms is that you're allowed, um, to say no, thank you to the visitors and to the guests and take time for yourself and, you know, let them know that when you're ready and when you're feeling well, you'll let them know that you're ready for their visit. Or the other thing, um, would be going to visit people. Everybody came to our house and this was something also, um, this is going to sound really rude, but um, they don't leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so to politely, you know, get the hint across that they would need to leave and it just kind of wasn't happening. And I was just sitting there like so tired being like, when are they going to leave? So that is something else that I would recommend is like, you take your baby to them if you're feeling well enough and visit because when you're tired, you have that ability to say like, okay, I'm ready to head home now. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the times, you know, we're stepping into this role and we might be kind of like lost and don't know where to go. So these people are coming in to help us and we want to take, you know, all their advice and we assume they're, they know what's best. Like they know better than us. And, you know, if it is somebody that is also a mom or has been a mom, you know, you're kind of looking to them uh, for for guidance, like, oh, they've done this before. So this must be what's right. And I think, you know, those are the moments that you kind of have to like, look inward and be like, okay, maybe that's what they think is right, or what worked for them. But this doesn't feel right. And I'm exhausted. And you have to say no in those moments. And um, what are some kind of like strategies or ways that you have kind of helped moms implement in that people pleasing and saying no? There's a really fun um, boundary exercise that I practice with a lot of my clients. And it was something that I actually learned from my therapist. And so what you're doing is essentially like you're practicing. So if you're practicing this strategy with like your husband, obviously, you know, that brings a little bit of fun into it. It kind of is a little bit of like a power struggle in a fun way. Um, The other thing is like, if you're, if you have children that are older and you practice this boundary exercise with them, 
it's an exercise for them to learn consent. And so I love this exercise. It was so eye-opening for me. But um, what you would do, so I would stand at one end of the room. My husband would stand at the other end of the room. And you have to use your voice. You have to use tone. And you have to use your body. So I would like wave at my husband to come to me. And I would say yes. And I would be waving at him to come to me. And then I would tell him no. And I would like hold my hand up in a stop position and say no. And so then I was telling him when yes to come, when no to stop. And so that is just a really great way of feeling what a no feels like in your body and when you're comfortable with it or not comfortable with it. And when I actually first started practicing this um, with my therapist, I kept saying stop. Like I couldn't even bring the words no out of my mouth. And she was like, it's no, and like you need to learn to say no. And I know that I'm not alone in this, that, you know, especially as moms, we're trying to take care of everybody else first and we take care of ourselves last. And sometimes just learning that simple one word, one sentence, no. Um, and, and so just practicing that, right? Like with your spouse, with your kids and same thing. Um, I love it for our children, like just the whole consent aspect of it as well, right? So they know what a firm no sounds like, what a playful no is, how that feels in the body to say that um, and to see how somebody's responding to you in that way. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think, you know, that is tough sometimes, especially, you know, when you need to express it to people that you have been used to pleasing for so long, whether it be, you know, like parents, family, even just some friends, like, you know, you love them and you want them to know that you still love them. But, you know, now you have this little family of your own that you want to really create boundaries for and and a new way maybe of of structure and things like that. So it can be it can be really hard in that initial like first few months really laying that down and I really feel like it it starts you know even before baby gets there sometimes you know I think I spent a lot of time kind of like talking with my husband about you know how are we gonna make this work when this happens or like you know running through like different scenarios and almost like role playing like if this were to happen what would we do because I think like when you are establishing those like what ifs it kind of helps alleviate like the anxiety of when it actually happens I was just gonna say when you said about the what ifs you just really made me think of like something else that I work with my clients about and it's the what ifs or the shoulds those are such energy draining things right like when you're thinking about those things and I cannot like I completely understand where you're coming from and I love that you're even like role-playing same thing that like you know you want to see what it feels like and what would we do and when you say what if or should one of those things that that really brings around to like new moms is that something that we say to ourselves all the time I should do this I shouldn't do this I should do this and so one of the other things that a new mom can do is just take should out of the equation. And it's either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. 
It's like a heck yes or a heck no. And that's how you can start to make your decisions. And that actually frees up so much energy. So part of my own journey, like I just felt like exhausted all of the time. And we just have such wasted like mental energy on like those shoulds. Like, you know, you're sitting on the couch and I should be working out. Well, I'm either working out or I'm not working out. And then I choose that path and then I get to decide how I feel from there, right? So um, that's a huge one, I feel like, for new moms. When you start to take that word should out of the equation, it frees up so much energy. And like as new moms, we need all the energy we can get. Um, And so I think that that would be another great practice along with like the boundary exercise of just releasing what society, our conditioning, what our parents did and what they think that we should do. Um, And like you said, just going more inward and choosing for yourself what you're going to do. Yeah. And, you know, you you make like a really good point with that too. And I think that was something that was so difficult for me to really just kind of like make that rash decision of like – the like definite yes or definite no because there was kind of the well if I do this like what does that mean for this and blah 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 and then like in the long run like you said like you just make a decision and then like you move on from there if like later on you're like maybe that wasn't the best decision or like maybe I'd like to do it differently you can adjust from there and then move on but if you're constantly like waiting in that limbo phase or you're not sure it is like draining your energy and causing a lot of anxiety and stress that's really not helpful in that whole you know first few months and things like that you just got to kind of like you know I'm going to make this decision and this is how it's going to be because there are a lot of things that were kind of like contemplating um, those first few days, weeks, months. And once you just kind of make a decision, it does kind of, you know, allow you to just like take a deep breath and like, okay, I made some sort of decision. I'm not sure if it's like right or wrong or whatnot, but it doesn't matter. Cause like, I think you feel empowered when you're just able to like, yes or no it. And if it's not an immediate yes, then just put it off as a no and you can get back to it later if it is something that like you decide you want to incorporate or do or whatever. But if you're not thrilled about it, if you don't feel, I guess, compelled and, and great moving forward with it, just say no. And I think that's perfectly fine to really just kind of establish in the beginning, because like I said, you're, you're going to feel empowered making those those decisions and and feeling like you have a definite answer to something moving forward. <laughs> yeah, just almost even like relief, right? You're you can just step into that decision that you've made. Yeah. So what are some other things that you have learned that really help kind of boost up our energy and really kind of like get us in that more flowing state and and feeling more energized, I guess, as as we're moving forward in motherhood. Um, yes. So that is one of my like favorite things because I just felt such a lack of energy for so long. And one of the things, same thing as moms do this, 
And it's become, I don't want to say normal, but common that moms like live and survive off of coffee, right? And that, you know, first thing in the morning, we have to have that cup of coffee. And I was that person, like in the morning, I had my cup of coffee. And then by the time I got to work, that's when I would eat breakfast. And I think one of the best things that we can do to improve our energy is not to get rid of coffee. I'm not going to say don't drink coffee. I still enjoy coffee, um, but it's eating breakfast. And so, so many of us, same thing, we're like up in the morning and we're just kind of on autopilot. We're getting like everybody else ready and set up and we're not thinking about ourselves and we're just having that cup of coffee while we're doing these things. And that actually does a couple of things. So the caffeine is like fake energy, right? And then the other thing is that we're not stabilizing our blood sugars. So we've gone to bed, we haven't eaten for however many hours. And then we wake up and we have coffee, then that really kind of throws our blood sugars off. And our blood sugars, when we keep them stable, are one of the best ways to keep our energy levels, uh, to keep our mood stable. Um, So the biggest switch that moms can do is just eat a balanced breakfast. So a balanced breakfast is carbohydrate with a protein and a fat. So those three foods in combination. Um, and eat your breakfast within a half an hour to an hour of waking up and then have your coffee. So instead of going like straight to the coffee, just start with a really good nourishing meal and then have your coffee after. And that's like one of the best things um, that's helped with my energy. That's also helped with my patience as a mom. So um, I didn't realize it. I knew I was this way, actually. I could see it, but I also didn't know how to stop it, I guess. And so, you know, my daughter would be getting ready in the morning and it was always like, come on, like we have to go. And I I was snappy. It's like, we got to get out the door. And it was like stressful and felt like frustrating. Um, And it it was just like, how do we get away from this? Like every morning, like how do we make this morning more smooth? And that was the key to making our morning more smooth. So the coffee was kind of giving me like that anxious, like jittery feeling. But I was just kind of ignoring that feeling. I knew it was doing that, but I was ignoring it. And so once I really brought that to light, that I was like, actually, this is how it's making me feel. When I learned that information that I should eat that nourishing breakfast before my coffee and I made that switch, that changed my whole morning with myself, my daughter, and my husband. It made like all the difference to our our now like more peaceful mornings. Yeah. And that's really going back to how you were saying, you know, you made like that one small habit change of of moving your body every day. I think, you know, when we look at it more so of we're just doing one small thing, like taking one small component, I think that's a lot easier to really, I guess, comprehend and also make it a lot less stressful. Like, you know, I think a lot of the times I hear mom saying like, you know, I'm going to start eating right, working out, you know, waking up early. Like you try to compact all of these things at once instead of kind of picking one small habit, implementing that, and then waiting to see how that really adjusts and and fits into your life before you're kind of compiling all of them. Or I like to hear like habit stacking and things like that. So Um, I think, you know, again, like that really hits on that like one small thing and how much that can really 
you know, establish such a shift and such a change in your, you know, energy and patience and things like that. And um, it also, you know, how you were saying, like, I love the idea of like incorporating breakfast and having that. And it does force you to sort of like slow down and maybe help with that patience aspect. But I have to ask, like, you know, in that new mom, like period, like here you are, you just had a baby, you're waking up like every hour, every two hours, things like that. When would you kind of consider would be breakfast time or when would, you know, are we still looking at like early in the morning, establishing that as our morning routine or, or what would that shift kind of look like for new moms? Yeah. So I would definitely say like when you're up for the day, so um, if you're eating, you know, like if moms are up or feeding that kind of thing um, and you're eating at those times that can actually, your digestion will affect your sleep. Um, So I'm not saying to not eat during those times because especially like as we're breastfeeding and things like that, we definitely need lots of nourishment. But I would say like when you're up for the day. So if your day does start at five or six that you're up with baby, then you want to be eating between six and seven, like depending on what you get up. If you get up, say at like five in the morning with the baby, but you guys can go back to sleep until 8 a.m., then I would say breakfast is going to be between eight and nine, not like when you're up at five with baby. So yeah, just whenever, you know, you're, you're really going to start carrying on with your day. Uh, that's when you really want to start fueling yourself. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think, you know, that was something that was like such a struggle for me because I had such a, I guess, routine before Rosie had come. That's my first. And um, then when she was born, I had felt like, oh my goodness, my quote unquote routine that I typically followed and what I was used to and doing and everything was now changed because of this new baby. So I think it was the first time ever in my life that I really had this like massive change in my life that I was not, you know, completely independent. Like I had somebody depending on me and needed me to kind of like shift and change and adjust to to her, you know, lifestyle and what was going on. And so, you know, what experience have you had with moms, you know, making any sort of change or adjustment or big transitions in their life and and what kind of things do you help establish in their, you know, now changing routine to make that transition easier? Um, I think there's a couple of things to help make that transition easier. The first one is just kind of surrendering to that transition, I think. Just knowing that it's okay that this phase is happening and that you kind of are feeling out of sorts and that you have to figure out this new normal. Um, I think, you know, sometimes we have it in our mind that like it should be a certain way. And again, like that word should comes up and just knowing that it doesn't have to be any certain way and that it can just be what it is. So just 
sort of like relinquishing that control. And kind of, you know, when you have a new baby, you do have to go with the flow. They kind of are, you know, you're at their mercy of like what they need. But at the same time, keeping your health and your nourishment uh, priority. Um, It's, you know, I know this is like used so much, but it's like that whole like airplane oxygen mask thing. And, you know, you have to put yours on first before you can help like your family and put theirs on. And so that is something that I think as new moms, like everything is like baby, baby, baby. But we really have to take care of mom. And when we take care of mom and when mom is nourishing herself and when mom is sleeping when she can and doing those things, that the whole family is going to win that way. And so that is one of the things that I definitely chat about with my mom is, and you know, I'm sure you feel this too. Like we talk about like mom guilt all the time and we really do just kind of have to like let that go and it is okay to care for yourself. And, and that's something that as your child grows older too, they're going to see that, you know what, mom really does take care of herself. Mom's not running around ragged and exhausted. She, you know, looks refreshed and she's energized and she's happy. And when mom is feeling those things, the whole family benefits everybody else benefits right like if we're so tired and we have like no patience and no energy like that's not fun for anybody and so that's something that I really love to work on with my clients and it's crazy um the shifts that do happen when literally we start like you said just making like those small little changes like one and when I say changes something that we really focus on too is phasing in so in you know, instead of restricting, like you mentioned, like a lot of moms are doing like everything all at once. And they're doing like the diet, they're doing the exercise, they're getting up at 5am. A lot of those things are like cutting out things. So the one thing that I really love to work on with moms, um, that seems to be a really great approach is the phase in mentality. So we're adding in good habits, rather than like taking things away. And that seems to be you know, other habits will tend to like naturally phase out when you do that. But then I also find that that really helps for that sustainable change that they're looking for when you have that more like gentle phase in approach. What are some of your favorite ways for self-care? Ooh, that's a good question. So that's a deep one. So one of the things that I teach on is there's actually seven different ways to self-care, right? So um, so often it's just portrayed that like go have a bath and like put on a face mask and that's how you care for yourself. Um, honestly, one of my favorite ways to care for myself um, is letting my husband and my daughter know like I actually need quiet alone time. And so that was a big thing for me when I didn't have energy, when my needs weren't being met. Um, and I didn't actually know like what self-care was. I did just think it was like a face mask. Um, I, I didn't have the courage to ask my husband to actually like take my daughter and go spend the time with her so that I could have that like quiet time. And so that is honestly like one of my favorite ways. And he knows now if I'm asking, like I mean business and I do love bubble baths. Don't get me wrong. So like, I will, I'll be like, Hey, I'm going to go have a bath, but I will lock the door. Like 
I really just need like nobody to come in. I do need this quiet time to recoup. And then I think it's also, you know, that's what works for me. But what I like to like work with my client on is what works for them too. And so one of the things um, that I find is really beneficial is having a good morning routine. I feel like this might be a little bit easier to establish once the kids are a little bit older, but I feel like these new moms in the postpartum, because they are home, they're on maternity leave, they might be able to incorporate these things in like snippets throughout their day. So maybe they don't have a full hour to themselves in the morning, but the four key things that I love to add in are movement. And so that's, you know what? whatever feels good to you. It does not have to be vigorous exercise and it can start small with like 10 minutes. You know, I don't think that we have to go right into hour long workouts and things like that. You can go for a 10 minute walk around the block. So movement is one. Gratitude or like mindfulness, meditation that um, is connecting you more like spirituality wise or like reading devotionals, things like that. Um, and so that's like another form of self-care, adding that in again, five minutes a day. It doesn't have to be huge. You could do a guided meditation, a gratitude journal. I have like a really nice little gratitude journal with like the prompts. And then I have my journal. So I do spend a little bit of time as well, a couple minutes in my journal. And um, for me, I personally like little prompts that, you know, just get like the juices flowing, but that really just helps to um, strengthen your own inner voice. And so when we've been talking about going inwards, the journaling just really gets you to become a little bit more in touch with yourself. And the last one is planning. So I have like a little app on my phone. And I know that a lot of us love to have these lists and we get like a little bit overzealous. Um, but for me, I plan out my day. So I brain dump I literally write down like every single thing that I feel like is coming to my brain. And then I move three of those items over to my to-do list. And you can only have three. You can't have more than that because we have to be like really realistic with our time here. And I think that's something too, you know, we feel like we failed if we didn't check 10 things off of our list, but just really giving ourselves grace, especially in those new um, first months of motherhood, because we really don't know how we're going to feel day to day, you know, if we slept the night before, if baby's having a tough day, right? So we have to be kind with ourselves. Um, and so you can put three things over there. And then once those are done, or once you've checked one off, then you can kind of like move another one into that list. So those are the four ways of like self care that I personally like to do every day. And then that's something that I like to start implementing with my clients as well. And I think for new moms, like I said, it's, you know, for me, I'll, that's my morning routine. So that takes me like about an hour and I, I can do that now. Um, but I think being realistic in those first few months that, you know, it could just be a little bit here or there and when you can fit it in. So those are your four key ones. You had mentioned seven. What are the other three? So there is also uh, professional. So that's more like your working self-care. Like, you know, if you're like doing a course or things like that. So it's like checking that off of your list. I think there's even like relationship as one, right? So 
like self-care in your like relationships and and sometimes it's you're not going to do each of those forms of self-care every day you know what I mean like all seven but it's knowing that there are these seven types and like that's what you need so maybe one day your self-care is more you know maybe you have to do more work on your podcast and that's your self-care for that day right um so it's just knowing that it's beyond just doing like a face mask or painting your nails that there are you know physical and mental and emotional areas that we really have to get our needs met and that we have to spend time working on yeah I think it's so helpful to have something that's just kind of uniquely your own like it's completely you know like unmom related it, it, it kind of like roots back to maybe something that you like to do before kids or something that you know like you said you can just go in lock the door and you're kind of like off to yourself it like I think you know making things that are enjoyable do like with your kids and things like that that can be like relaxing and and helpful and everything but when it's something that's specifically just filling up your own cup and and you know there to provide you know care for yourself I think that's what really kind of like makes it self-care exactly (laughs) if that makes sense that makes a ton of sense (laughs) and then I know that you had mentioned brain dump for those listeners that have never heard of that term before or have never been exposed to that can you kind of just dive into that a little bit deeper and kind of explain like what is going on there why it's helpful and what you're doing during that time Yeah. So a brain dump is just literally writing down everything that is on your mind. So without any judgment, without any filter, without any editing, you're just like, this is what I need to get done. This is what's like at the forefront. So I use that term brain dump when I'm planning my day. So when I'm thinking about my day, everything that needs to be done, I'm just like, basically like almost like vomiting it all out on paper, just letting it all out. Um, The other time that I'll use that phrase is before bed. So if a lot of people um, are having issues with like sleep or worry or stress, then I recommend doing the same thing, keeping a little notebook beside your uh, bed and literally just writing down all of those thoughts that are in your mind um, right before you go to bed, because there's something about just getting it out there on paper that you can see in front of you that is very releasing. Um, and you know, then you're not trying to keep track of it in your head, like all day long, because when we talk about like giving your energy away and things like that, if you don't have it out there in front of you, then you're constantly, you know, thinking about these things. And so it just kind of saves you that energy from like mentally running through these lists all day long and like oh gee did I forget that or so yeah that's kind of what a brain dump is (laughs) yeah I love that and for any moms that are listening that have never tried that before I definitely recommend it I think it's it's so therapeutic and really just kind of even if it's on your phone like sometimes I do it on my phone I just get out you know notepad or whatever or I like write myself a text message and I just go and and just release whatever's kind of like on my mind I love like paper and pen though too just like you know writing it out so um I definitely recommend doing that if you've never done it before (laughs) I love that. 
Do you have any other final kind of like tips or, or thoughts or things that you'd really, you know, looking back at your own experience, like something that you would have loved to hear during that initial postpartum period or, or wish you would have known or what you've kind of learned since then that you really want to kind of just reiterate and make sure, you know, new moms are kind of like being exposed to that or being aware of it. Yeah. Um, I think one last thing that I kind of want to add and something that was huge for me postpartum, I had a friend who had a baby literally three weeks to the day before me. And when we went to visit her, her body was like, she was almost like back to pre-baby body. And so that was actually like my expectation in my mind that after I had my daughter, that that was going to happen for me. And that didn't happen for me. And that was a really hard pill to swallow. But I feel like there is so much pressure from like society and the norm that we need to like, I'm saying this in like air quotes, but we need to bounce back. And you do not need to bounce back. And so that is something that I wish like all new moms knew and, you know, felt to their core. And one of the things that you know, we're constantly consuming things on social media. So this would be like one of my little like tips or um, suggestions for new moms is to diversify your feed and diversify what you're consuming. And, you know, it would be my suggestion to maybe not have all super fit, um, you know, health models on your Instagram. Like, you know, sometimes we think that that's going to be like really motivating but that can actually be the exact opposite um, and really have an effect on like your self-esteem and your self-worth. And so I would just highly recommend diversifying your feed with like all different moms, moms with different like bodies and races and, and just really getting that into the forefront. And so that you can just sort of accept that post baby body and that you, you know, there's no certain amount of time that you have to you know, get back. You don't have to get back to anything. And so I think if the focus is on nourishing yourself and eating those like consistent healthy meals um, and getting like, you know, as much sleep as you can, focusing on those rather than your body, that will make a huge difference in a new mom's life. Awesome. I love that. Yeah, I completely agree. And then if um, anybody's out there and they want to get in contact with you or, or reach you, how can they like where are you on social media, things like that? So I am mainly on Instagram is Angela's approach. And so that's my Instagram handle. Same thing for my website, Angela's approach.com. And those are, yeah, basically the two main spots that you can find me. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, you know, coming on today and really, you know, sharing like what it is that you do and your own personal experience and how that has really led you to be where you are. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and having this opportunity to chat with you. And I know you're going to be having a baby soon, so good luck and best wishes with your family of four. That's exciting. Thank you. Yeah, and we have two dogs now, so. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. You're busy. <laughs> yeah, we are filling it. our house for sure. Oh, filling it with love. Yes. That's perfect.
Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful, and if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience. You can also now find us on Instagram and Facebook at Entering Motherhood.